You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, good afternoon to everybody. You are here on Pet Life Radio with Dr. Jeff Werber, hosting Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, our live radio call-in show. And that means you can actually call us, 877-385-8882. We make it so easy for you to call us. You can do it by picking up the phone. You can come online to Pet Life Radio, and you can type in your question. You can send me a quick email. I have my, my cell phone ready to roll at Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. So um, really, it's a no-brainer. And as an extra added bonus, when you get the courage to pick up the phone, go online, give us a call, we will send you a free ProSense product, one of our sponsors, or a free Kong, K-O-N-G. They're fantastic products, uh, again, for just tuning in and getting the courage to call in a question here on Pet Life Radio. Also, want to thank our big retailers we work with, like Walmart, who uh, carries our full line of ProSense pet products, which are veterinary quality products that you can buy over the counter at a price at probably half the cost. So, anyway, we did get an email this week, and I'm going to log in as we speak, and we're going to answer this uh, email question. This is coming. It's a question about dandruff. It's from Jewel. And dear Dr. Jeff, my guide dog has doggy dandruff. The constant scratching affects her ability to guide me safely. We have tried oatmeal shampoo as well as a mixture of bath oil and water to no noticeable result. I give her allergy three fish oil supplement as well. Unfortunately, she still cracks pretty constantly. What can I do to help relieve her of this annoying itching? Thank you, Jewel. Well, Jewel, first of all, thank you for sending us. And uh, if you can let us know which breed you have of dog and how big, we will send you out a Kong toy because that when they're sitting around in that relaxing phase, there's nothing better for them to work on and uh, get that oral satisfaction than munching on a Kong toy. So a couple of things come to mind. I mean, certainly the omega-3 fatty acids are very important, and, I, and you're doing that with the Allergy 3 fish oil. I think that it might behoove you to try one of the other brands. Some of them work differently. As far as the shampoo, I would use an anti-seborrheic shampoo, something with salicylates in it, salicylic acid. One brand name that you can ask your veterinarian about is called Sebalux. There's also Sebalite. I find those work very, very well, as does the Duxo shampoos for dogs that are very dry. That's D-O-U-X-O. Very, very effective. I would also, on top of the, the supplement, which is great, the omega-3, omega-6 fatty acids, on top of an anti-seborrheic shampoo, I would also consider a, an anti-seborrheic spray, a moisturizing spray. For example, when we have dry skin, we'll put on hand cream every day. It's no different with our pets. They need daily supplementation, not just orally, but also topically. That will help as well. And lastly, once the itch starts, we have to control the itch as well. So when it continues to happen, we need to consider something to relieve the itch. We could start with a little antihistamine. Uh, obviously, you need to see your veterinarian because of their other skin problems. Or if all that scratching and dry flaking has caused a secondary bacterial infection, then we need to treat the infection as well because infections are very itchy. So all too often, I'll see a, a chronic case where the animal has been on steroids, 
corticosteroids, prednisone, to relieve the itch and the inflammation. And they're still scratching, even on steroids. And it's because they have secondary bacterial infection. So that is very important. And there is a new drug, and I've been a huge, huge fan of it. I have been using it. I've been using it so much that I, and unfortunately, many veterinarians, if not most, can't keep it on the shelf. It is already back-ordered, which is a shame. It's called Apoquil. It's a new drug from Zoetis. Zoetis is formerly Pfizer Animal Health, and it is an amazing anti-itch, anti-inflammation drug, and it works specifically at the cellular level of the canine itch cycle. It's not a mask product. It's not a cyclosporine that depresses the entire immune system. It's not a prednisone that is also anti-inflammatory, more generalized, and obviously in higher doses, it too can be immunosuppressive. This is, it actually blocks two of the enzymes that are clearly needed to complete the allergy and itch cycle in the canine allergic response. So it is a very specific medication and it's fascinating. So we love it. It's been working very well. So I would try, Jewel, I would try those things. Um, You're on the right track. Hang in there. And uh, again, I thank you for sending me the email. And for all of you out there, that's how easy it is. You can send us an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com. Or you can get the courage to give us a call live, 877-385-8882. Or you can log on and type in your question. If you go to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab on Pet Life Radio, and you'll see a long, like a chat box, and just go on in and start typing away, and we will answer your questions. Now, I want to talk about something today that's a little serious, and and the reason why it's so serious, and I would really like your personal opinions on this, and I think everybody, it would be really great to start up a little dialogue about this, because this is a very sad, serious incident. But let me give you a little background. A very established, long-term, maybe 25, 30-year practice veterinarian had a solo practice on her own in New York. Someone brought her. She found uh, some cats that were running loose in the park. I don't know whether it was Central Park, but in the park. And she took it in, and one of them needed a lot of help, and she nursed this cat back to health. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on as far as on the internet, I guess, about this veterinarian who found these cats and all the good things she did nursing them back to health. Well, some lady who claims to be a cat rescuer claims that this was one of her cats, which she would do. And again, the exact details are a bit sketchy, but she would go to the shelters and as a good Samaritan, she would adopt these cats out from the shelter. But she couldn't care for all these cats. Or if they needed to be spayed or neutered, she would take care of that. And then she would let them loose in this park to fend for themselves. Whether she would come and feed them or not, who knows. But it was not right away, but a week or two weeks later, she shows up on this veterinarian's doorstep and says, that's my cat. And at this point, the veterinarian heard what this woman's MO is. And yes, the woman did. She was able to prove that she did at least pull this cat out of the shelter and had her spayed. But that was it. The cat was running loose in the park. No ID, no microchip. And by this point, The veterinarian was very attached to the kitty and spent hundreds of her own dollars fixing up this cat. And she said, well, this is my cat. This is where the details become a bit cloudy. But all I can say is the woman who claims this cat was hers actually went online and began a smear campaign. And all, as I like to call them, all the humaniacs out there rallied behind her 
And Badmouth is veterinarian who, again, from the other side of the coin, from my perspective, takes care of this animal, does a, a wonderful job healing it, fixing it, and then decides to keep it. Now, I don't know what, if any, attempted negotiations took place between these two women. But all I know is the veterinarian, because as a result of the horrendous smear campaign, took her own life. She actually committed suicide. And this led me. I had a long chat with a veterinary publication. I sit on their board. I'm on the board of Vet Economics, and this is an online journal called DVM360. And we were talking yesterday. We had a very long interview, about an hour-long interview, just about the internet and the freedom of speech that many people out there tend to abuse, say things that are unfounded, and unfortunately, there is no governing or ruling body that dictates what one can say if one is going to create a smear campaign like that, that they have to have a lot of proof before things like this are printed, and it doesn't happen. Anybody can say or print anything they want, regardless of the facts, regardless of how true the comments are, and as I like to say, if somebody has a bug up there behind about something, they can go right online, true or not, don't have to give details, and say anything they want. And when it hits home, A, it happened in this case, it was about a pet and a veterinarian. Obviously, that's going to sort of uh, get my feathers a bit ruffled, pardon the pun. And even more so, it was such an aggressive, nasty campaign that this woman, and again, one can argue that obviously there were some other factors here that we don't know about. Obviously, there were other things going on in this doctor's life that we don't know about. But either way, it ended up in a suicide. That's really bad. And I realized because I don't think any business, especially a small business, has not been affected in one way or other by the internet. And how one handles it makes a big difference. And what we had in this discussion was when these things happen, how should a veterinarian handle it? How should any professional handle it? Do you realize that there is a type of slander called knockdown slander? And that what it used to mean that if, let's say, you got in a big fight with your physician or your dentist and you thought that they did something really badly, you want to complain to your friends, that's fine. But if you, for example, walked into a public restaurant and you saw that physician, that doctor, that dentist, whatever, that veterinarian, sitting and having dinner with his family, and you stood up and screamed out loud, he killed my mother or whatever it is, or he destroyed my tooth, you name it, that he could sue you for professional or they call it knockdown slander. Yet in today's world of internet, you can do anything you want. So it's a big problem. And I, unfortunately, I mean, again, if this had happened to me, if the tables were turned, I probably would have responded a whole lot differently than she did, I would certainly turn this argument around. I found out, and I, and I don't know about it, I'm going to go on and, and check it out, but there is a website that started by somebody, and it's called Vet Abuse Network. I think it's .com, it might be .net. I'm going to look into it. And basically what it is, it's this group of people, and all they're doing is printing all these horror stories about veterinarians. And interestingly, since this doctor took her own life, a lot of her colleagues and friends started an opposing website called Veterinary Abuse Network. Why the first group didn't use the word veterinary and just used vet, I don't know. But anyway, and you know, sort of telling the other side of the story, I could you know, share a story, and this is the kind of thing that happens. A colleague of mine here in town performed a surgery on a dog. The owner left the dog 
for the surgery, signed, let me say this one more time, signed the estimate. Also, all over our hospitals, many of us, most of us now, have signed somewhere in the reception area that state that services are to be paid for at the time they're rendered or upon pickup. So clearly, just as nobody would walk into a supermarket, load up a cart, and then when you get to the checkout counter, say, oh, I, I have to pay for this now? No different when you walk into a hospital or any service provider or a Nordstrom's. Yes, when you leave with the goods, when you walked in and had that service rendered, unless you have a charge account that's already been established, yes, you have to pay for it today. Well, this guy comes in to pick up his dog, no money, and says, well, I'll just pay you. Oh, really? You will. So this doctor did what any of us would do, especially nowadays. No, we don't work that way. You sign the estimate. It clearly states here that payment is due upon pickup. So we will keep your pet here overnight. No charge. No charge. But And you come tomorrow with the payment. So what did this guy do? He went, called one of the news stations and said that his dog was being held hostage by this veterinarian. So the news media shows up on this veterinarian's doorstep. Unfortunately, he was not equipped to know how to handle this. And it turned out to be, for him, a disaster. It's time for a break. When we come back, we're going to finish this. I want to hear from you. I want to know, what do you think about these smear campaigns? How do you handle, nowadays, how do you handle any kind of conflict with a business provider or service provider? I want to hear. 877-385-8882. We'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson, music to your ears. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization. Here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends of the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet <laughs> And welcome back to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. And um, we still would love to hear from you. I want, I, just, I want some opinions. I want to know what you would do in a situation like this. I want to know what you do when you're mad at somebody. Give me a call, 877-385-8882. And this is bigger than just pets. This is bigger than just veterinary medicine. This is something that, that when my grandmother used to have a saying, and it was a simple one. It says, if it's not nice, if it's not necessary, or if it's not true, don't say it. And the truth of the matter is, when you blast 
somebody, whether there was, they did right or wrong, what are the ramifications? What might they be? What have you done to resolve the situation before you open your big mouth on the internet for hundreds of thousands, millions to see? Did you ever, I mean, it's like this, my perfect scenario. Let's break it down to something really simple, really simple. You have a dry cleaner you've been using for years, okay? And you pick up your dry cleaning, you pick up your shirt, and one of the buttons is missing. Maybe from the ironing, the cleaning, who knows, all right? What are you going to do? Are you going to go find another dry cleaner? Or are you going to call up or take the shirt back and say, guys, look what happened when the, within the cleaning and wait for the response. Any decent businessman or woman is going to say, oh, no problem. That happens sometimes. Well, so new button on. No problem. If they didn't or if they said, ah, oh, tough, that's what happens. Sorry. You know, go buy yourself a new shirt. Then if you want to blast somebody, go ahead and blast them. Now, let's look at a different scenario. The very first time you use this dry cleaner, all right, brand new, the very first time you use it, you pick up your shirt, sure enough, there's a button gone. Might you then say, you know what? I tried this new guy, but not happy. And you just won't use him again. But are you going to go, really? You're going to go on the internet and start complaining about it? I mean, how much satisfaction do you get? What are you, everybody out there, Robin Hoods, that they're going to help all these other people out there from making a mistake? Did you ever think that maybe there were 99% of the shirts leave that brand new cleaner fine and you just unfortunately had a bad day. This, it was not your lucky day, and you happen to be the one that lost the button. But it's amazing to me how everybody, you know, I lecture at marketing all the time. And we used to have a, we used to say that the sad news is that you have to work three times as hard to please a customer because when you upset a customer, they're going to go home and tell 10 people. This is old fashioned before internet. They're going to pick up the phone in conversation, at the the social coffee table, they're going to be telling people. Whereas if someone's happy, which of course, any business or anything we do, we expect satisfaction. We expect to be happy. So when we are, we don't go and tell everybody about it. And unless it's outstanding, you tell three people. So we would say you have to work over three times as hard to please somebody because for everyone that you upset, all right, you tick off, they're going to go home and tell 10. Well, now that 10 is 10,000, is 100,000, is a million. And now it's not just your friends. You're just saying it for the sake of saying it. If you really cared well about your friends and that they shouldn't make a mistake that you made, you pick up your phone and call the friends. What do you care about someone who lives in Oshkosh, Wisconsin? And meanwhile, you're blasting somebody to everyone else. So it is so frustrating to hear. And before the break, we had a quick story about this colleague of mine and the dog, and he, he, quote, unquote, according to the owner, who went to the news media, kept his dog hostage overnight. And the news shows up on his door, and unfortunately, this doctor was not really equipped, didn't know how to handle the situation, had to do a lot of backpedaling, ended up having to give the dog back to the guy. Man, if that was me, I would have turned that around where the clients would be lining up around the corner to come in. First of all, this guy has a magnificent hospital. And instead of, I would have invited the news in and say, let me, let me show you what we do here. Let me show you the facility. See our, my technicians. See how we care for the animals. And yes, and show them the sign. Clearly say, so I would show the signed estimate where this guy signed exactly what was to be done. And the notes, the billboards, the displays all over the hospital saying that services are to be paid when the animal is picked up. Very simple. It's a no-brainer. I would not have given up that dog. All right? And uh, really what it boils down to is that we need to know, first of all, we need to really decide when you're going to complain. I had a, listen to this, I had a, uh, on Yelp, one of my, uh, someone told me there was a complaint 
about my associate. Now, my associate happens, well, she's, she's now an ex-associate. She actually moved to Barbados to get married, but she was a phenomenal veterinarian. And the complaint was nothing about her veterinary skills, nothing about the way she handled the case, the pet. It was that she is a boyfriend stealer. And this woman goes on Yelp to say, stay away from this doctor by name, mentioning her by name, saying that she will steal your boyfriend. Well, it turns out the guy she was dating at the time, not the guy she's with now, this is several years ago, used to date this woman, but like six years before that. And this had nothing to do with my associate. But obviously, this woman was a bit unstable. And so, I, you know, I called you up. I said, guys, if you want to review the hospital, review the hospital. But you can't publish a personal vendetta. That's not even true. It's not even accurate. And sure enough, they took it down. But I got to the point now where I will answer these because, you know, as the expression goes, there are actually three sides to every story. There's their side. There's your side. And then there's something in the middle that's probably the reality. And if someone can have the right to complain, then I think any of us that are in a service business or a products business have a right to respond to that complaint and give the other side. Do it professionally. You take the higher road. And I think that if you do that, you will actually make yourself look better than the complainer. I had a, um, a complaint. This is really funny. I talk about these in my lectures because it's comical. A lawyer actually complained about something that happened here with one of my technicians and the scenario was she had a dog boarding, and our policies are very clear that vaccines need to be current if you're going to board, because I can't afford the risk of having a sick dog give something to my other patients, or worse yet, a dog coming in not vaccinated, it picks something up here like a little kennel cough, and then they blame me. So we want to make sure that everything is up to date, all vaccines. So she brings her dog in, and there is the vaccine records, no vaccine records, and that, that which we had on file was like three years overdue. We tried calling her, couldn't get a hold of her, left the message on her machine. Meanwhile, we're going to have the dog here, so we caught it up on the vaccines. So turns out, when she picks up and she sees the, the charts for the vaccine, she goes, what, what, what's this all about? And, we, and she explained to us that she had been someplace else when she was wherever traveling and she got the vaccines. That's fine and dandy, we said, but you didn't write it. It wasn't written anywhere, and we didn't know, so no problem. It's not going to hurt to get the vaccine at this point, and we won't charge you. And that was it. Case closed, end of discussion. I mean, what more can you do? It's done. We didn't charge her for the vaccine. She didn't tell us. It was like an honest mistake, but we really felt that we needed to because it would have been worse had something happened to the dog. So all of a sudden, I read this complaint on Yelp written by this Nancy A. I knew exactly who it was because it was a little picture. And I read it and I said, wait a second. That's, let me look into it. I look into it and I pulled up my computer, the record about what happened. This happened six years ago. Six years ago, and she's writing about it now. And what's funnier is during this time, she continued to come in. And when I called her, I said, man, what is this all about? Six years ago? Well, I just thought that people should know that this is unbelievable. So can you imagine if I did not have the confidence that I have, and I was like this other doctor, and this smear campaign saying that she's ripping clients off when she's not, when she actually did the right thing, and she goes ahead and takes her life. Anyway... I'd love to hear from you guys. I can't believe that now I did not strike one nerve in somebody to come and say, wait a second, or here's another viewpoint, or I agree, or I disagree. So um, if you're that embarrassed to get on the phone, then send me an email to drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. I want to thank again our wonderful sponsors, ProSense Pet Products, Kong, um, Pet Health Network. Go on to Pet Health Network. You can read my blogs and blogs of many of my colleagues that are fantastic, and also Walmart. And uh, we will be here next week here on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets 
every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.